Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. New York is the city that never sleeps, and neither does Sal Licata. From Flushing in the Bronx to the Meadowlands in MSG, Sal sounds off on the biggest sports news of the day. Welcome to WFAN Daily with Sal Licata. Welcome to another episode of WFAN Daily with your backup host, fill-in host, Pete Hoffman, filling in for the one, the only, Sal Licata. Do us a favor, like, subscribe, rate, review, favorite, put some hearts around it, whatever you would like to do on whatever podcast platform you listen to podcasts. Go do that right now for WFN Daily. We appreciate it. Plus, if you're really interested in sending in some questions, because we do a mailbag episode at least once a week, WFANDaily at gmail.com plus we are going to start listening to your voicemails, so send those in as well. Call 725-222-8699 and leave us a message on whatever you'd like to talk about, comment about. Could be about sports. Could be about WFAN. Could be about Vanderpump Rules. Who knows? Leave us a message, and we'll get back to you. Again, Pete Hoffman, you can always follow me, at HoffWFAN, but... The Mets are back to being the Mets. It has barely been. We haven't even seen a single pitch in a spring training game yet. And Kodai Senga is already dealing with inflammation. And it's back to the same old Mets. It's back to that feeling of, woe is me. It's back to that feeling of Mets fans feeling like the end is near. Doom and gloom season is about to begin. The The Mets didn't do enough in the offseason. And now your ace, of, ace pitcher is hurt already or dealing with inflammation already, and his health is in question, which is identical to what happened to last year's team with a 75-win team that was due for – Huge things were were destined for big things were picked to win the World Series by some experts. This year, they're not picked to win anything. They're barely picked to win 80 games. And to start off with inflammation issues with Kodai Sanga is not ideal. And it 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 sucks because it's not just about inflammation. It's not about, like, is it a season over? Those questions 
are a little bit too big right now already. I mean, that that's probably few of we're not at that level. We're not at that that state of the season is officially done and whatever. It is about the constant torment as a Met fan. That's what it comes down to. The Mets fans are always tormented. They cannot get a rhythm. And we are at a point now where the New York Mets have always been a, a, a joke, have always been the the laughing stock of New York. But we're at a point now where there is a silver lining. We just can't get there yet. And it's going to take another year to get there. And that sucks. That doesn't mean you're not going to be competitive. That doesn't mean the Mets are not going to be com- competitive going into the 2024 season because that's two different things. I still think the New York Mets are going to be competitive in 2024 no matter what happens to Kodai Senga, even if his inflammation pulls him out for a couple starts here or there. The Mets are going to be a competitive team. They're not going to be competitive for a World Series. Let's, let's start with small things. They're not going to be competitive for winning the division. Let's let's start with smaller things. Let's start with just getting into the playoffs. That much they should be competitive with. Once they get into the playoffs, anything can happen. Anything can happen. So I'm not going to sit there and say that they have no shot of winning anything this year. Let's just try for simple baby steps. Get into the playoffs. Let's try to be competitive through July Make some sort of move, if possible, if applicable, to bolster up the team, whether it's trading for somebody, whether it's calling up the young kids, whether it's, hey, maybe there's a free agent that didn't sign early on in the season still available. Maybe you could bring him in. Hell, you never know when Trevor Bauer is going to be available. You never know if he's going to be pitching at all in 2024 in the States. He may not want to go back to Japan. Once he's in Japan, he's there. Maybe he wants to pitch for the Long Island Ducks. Maybe somehow that's the only spot for him, but he's made available in August. Who knows? You never know. So just think about keep an open mind. There are ways to better this team that's not just through trade, and this is part of the evaluation process with David Stearns. It's not a a woe-is-me process. This cannot be a woe-is-me season. This is a... Let us evaluate. And for most Mets fans, this is the problem. We've evaluated for a very long time. Hell, I I evaluated back from 86. I I don't remember much, but I was alive when they won a World Series, which is crazy to think. But that was 35 years ago. That was a long, long time ago. The New York Mets need to start to build and sustain a successful team on the field. They need to run a successful organization. It's been a joke. And to change that, David Stearns has come in. And this is why I will trust David Stearns, because I consistently say it. He's He has flipped over so much off the field, talent on the field as well the minors and stuff like that we can see which again while we sitting there and 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 patting him on the back for all the minor leagues that he minor leaguers that he's brought in to fill out the 40-man roster uh, no 
it's it, th- th- those are insignificant. Maybe he finds a you know a diamond in the rough. That's a possibility, but it's about the people he's brought in to help him evaluate this organization. That's why Pete Alonso is not signed yet. That's why there's such a discussion about Pete Alonso, is because Pete Alonso is someone who we don't know if he's going to be a fit for this New York Met team. And David Stearns needs to see that up up close. I would love for him to be a Met for life. It would make sense for him to be a Met for life. But he is not signed yet because David Stearns is going to keep everything close to the vest and really take a look at the entire organization and see to see what the next step is. It's going to take a year to get there. But that doesn't mean in this process of evaluating this team that we're going to sit here and see a bad product. We're not going to see a 62-win team. We're not going to see a team that, that's close to hitting 100 losses this season. Like, I think people are looking and viewing it as the Mets as one of the worst teams in the league. That's not the case. They're not even close to the worst team in the league. They're going to have let's 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 individually take it here for a second, okay? Take let's and we'll, and we'll have to remove the pitching for a second. But realistically, the core of this team, you have one of the best first basemen in the league, one of the best power hitters in the league, and Pete Alonso. You have one of the the arguably the best shortstop in the league. You can compare him to anybody. Compare him to anybody in baseball. Francisco Lindor is arguably the best shortstop in the league. There's some people that might have other stats that skew a little higher here or there, but Francisco Lindor consistently, defensively, offensively, power, stolen bases, driving in runs, one of the best shortstops offensively in the league. And match up with his defensive skills makes him the best. You have Jeff McNeil, who had a terrible season last year, but should be able to bounce back and be that quality hitter that he usually is. Brandon Nimmo had a burst of power that we would like to see a little bit more of. And if we do, the offense is better. Stolly Marte should be healthy. Francisco Alvarez should be able to build off of that 20 home run season from last year. Third base sure is a question mark. But, like, we go up and down the lineup here. It's not as bad as people make it out to be. I understand that they want to bring in an extra bat, but there's also a possibility that this young talent that David Stearns is going to evaluate is going to put together a squad that when he sees someone special in the minors, get the call quicker than normal. It's not the normal Billy Epler, uh, you know, Brett Beatty and Francisco Alvarez and um, Ronnie Mauricio's and the Vientos of the world last year when they're just not ready yet. But they're all killing it in the minors, but they're just not ready yet. And they had to wait for people to get hurt to get called up. I think it's going to go the opposite. I think that when David Stearns sees that these guys are ready, they're getting the call. It's going to happen sooner than later. And I'm talking about the guys that they brought in last year. The Cunhas, the Gilberts, 
the Jet Williams, those guys will get the call sooner. And as far as pitching goes, last year they walked into a season where they didn't have a bulk of their starting pitchers. It's not going to be the same going into this year. The expectations are lower for the starting pitchers, but the fact is they should be able to give the Mets innings, unlike the starting pitchers from last year. You had two old veterans who barely got on the field the first half of the season. And when Scherzer was there, he was ineffective. Kodai Senga, who knows what's going to happen with the inflammation. I'm sure it's not going to be anything too crazy. It's early in spring training. Uh, you know, we uh, we have a whole month to really before we really worry. It's not going to be like the last two seasons where D- uh, Jacob DeGrom, just before the season starts, goes on the IL. Or Justin Verlander goes on the IL. This is going to be something where Kodai Senga will be available opening day. I truly believe that. Now, I could be proven wrong, but it's not going to be the day before. We're going to find that out sooner than later. We're not going to be finding out the day before the opening of the season, which we found out with Verlander and DeGrom. That was a problem. If if Senga's hurt and it's going to take a little time for him to recover, all right. So maybe he misses a couple starts. It's not going to be something that's long and intensive. So you have Senga, you have Manai, who's been working and sound like good things with Sean Manai. But again, listen, that's a back end of the rotation. You got David Peterson back at the end of the rotation if he if he if he makes the cut. You have Quintana, who is a serviceable pitcher. Again, middle of the rotation type of guy, but should be able to give you some innings. Severino, let's hope he can get he should be able to at least give you. Some innings. I, I don't know how much he's had his injury issues. So someone maybe you can't count on. Maybe that's Luis Severino. But the upside of him is way better than, let's put it this way, the upside of Max Scherzer, who everyone's killing the Mets for trading him and Verlander last year. Scherzer's still not available. DeGrom's not going to be available to start the season. Like, I'll, the Mets made a lot of moves. There's been a lot of turnover the past couple of years. But they've been smart. They didn't destroy their farm system. They didn't win anything, but they didn't destroy their farm system. They might have a high payroll, but there's really no long, extensive contracts that are putting them in awful territory. So understand this whole Kodai saying a thing sucks to hear that, but we cannot start the season off with thinking, that this season's done already. That that cannot be the case. And it's not because I'm trying to be optimistic because I'm just, you know, a dumb Met fan. I'm saying that because this team is not as bad as people want to portray them to be. It's not it's not blinded by the blue and orange. It's taking a step back and saying the team was a, went from 101 wins to 75. Realistically, there's somewhere in between that. They're mediocre, and the league is mediocre. There's a bunch of top-heavy teams, 
but that's it. But the Mets can still easily be one of these mediocre teams hovering around 500, making their way, making a play for that final playoff spot, that wild card spot. That's all doable. So I'm not going to sit here and get excited about Kodai Senga inflammation in spring training. So just relax a little bit. And as far as David Stearns and the big picture of this Mets season, be patient. Understand the evaluation process that he's putting into this, which is better than anything else any other GM has put into or or, uh, president of baseball operations has put into. Billy Epler just kept on signing old veterans. That wasn't uh, the, the way to build a franchise, build an organization. Who knows what Porter and um, Zach Scott would have done? Who knows? I know Francisco Lindor got traded in, in between their tenure, but who knows what they have what they would have done? So it's not the best, but it's also not the worst. We've we've seen if you're a true Met fan, you've seen the worst. All right, that's another episode of WFAN Daily. Again, like, review, subscribe, rate. I don't know, hugs and kisses, whatever you got to do, wherever it is, do that on the podcast that you subscribe to. Uh, Hopefully you subscribe to us. You can always email us, wfandaily at gmail.com. Please, comments, questions, criticisms, whatever it is you want to do, send it there. And then your voicemails, 725-222-8699. Thanks again. It's Pete Hoffman filling in for Sal You can always follow me at HoffWFAN. See you guys tomorrow.